Welcome to episode 44 of the Practice of Nonprofit Leadership. I'm Tim Barnes. And I'm Nathan Ruby. As a nonprofit leader, one often finds themselves working from places outside of a typical office. Not sure if that's your experience, but what we found in our own lives and um, and the lives of people that we're connected to, that oftentimes we are working from other places. It could be in coffee shops, or it could be in airports, or rest stops, or a gazillion other places, or maybe even in different places in your house, different spots in your house. Well, Nathan and I have been working remotely since before it was popular. <laughs> Nathan, even more than me, right, Nathan? I mean, you've been working remotely for a long time. Yeah, I have been working remotely since 2004. Wow. So I guess that's 16 or no, 18. My math, uh, my math failed me there. Eight, 18 years I've had a remote office. So and it, I'll tell you what, 18 years ago, things were not as easy to work remote as they are now. It was, it was not the, let's just say it's a lot easier now than it was back then. <laughs> and whenever we talk about these kinds of things, I, I always feel like we're kind of letting our age uh, get put out there. <laughs> We've been at this a while, but we are both somewhat early adopters or we, we like to jump into things when they happen. So we've tried to keep growing and not be stuck where we are. But even if you are not traveling all over the world or all over the country, there often are times where you find yourself in places away from your office where you have to do things. Maybe you're going out to meet a donor or to an event or, or whatever, or maybe you, this is your life all the time. But we thought it would be fun today to just take a few minutes to share some of the things that we've learned about working outside of the office, working remotely whether that's local or global or, you know, national. And so we're going to jump in, share some mindset, some tools, some other fun thoughts that we have, things that we've learned that hopefully will be helpful to you as well. So I'm going to turn it over to my esteemed colleague, Nathan, to uh, <laughs> let us yeah. jump in and just we're, just, we're just going to have fun and we're going to share some of our, our thoughts and our experiences and maybe some stories as well. So Nathan, yeah. it's all yours. All right. So I think uh, it was interesting. You, you just mentioned mindset, Tim, and that is, I, I think, beyond any practical things that we could share, I think having a mindset of when you're working remote is really important. And the the traditional office setting of where I am going to put on my suit and tie and I am going to go to the office and I'm going to sit at my desk and I'm going to be behind my desk and I'm going to be working all day. And then I'm going to get up and I'm going to go home. That is a uh, picture of work that was obviously prevalent 20, 30 years ago. And, but today that is, there's, there, that is so not the way that work is done today, but I still think, and maybe this is just me, my generation, I every once in a while I get a little twinge of well if you're not sitting at your desk you're not working. And so I think that's the first thing is that mindset of you can work, you could be productive and there is a difference between work and being productive those are two different things. You can you know being productive could be you're working but every time we work doesn't mean we're being productive. But you could be productive literally anywhere whether it is at your desk 
at a coffee shop in the front seat of your car, in the passenger seat of your car while your spouse drives, you could you could be literally productive anywhere. And that takes a little bit of, of a mindset shift. So that's that's our first point is you just you could do it. And it's it's once you decide that, yes, I am going to be able I can go to the park and be productive. You just then you start putting pieces in place to help you achieve that. So mindset is the first thing. I think the danger there can also be I've got to be working all the time. And that's not what we're saying. You you need to go to the park and walk your dog and run and do those kind of things. You shouldn't feel guilty that you're taking time. But what we're saying is, and I think we learned this during COVID, there are, you can do work outside of a traditional office and there are things you can accomplish. And we're just, we're wanting to put that out there, not to make you work harder, but maybe to work smarter. You can be productive anywhere. Now you don't have to be sitting behind a desk in an office to be productive. Uh, Point number one, plan your work. If you are going to be remote, whether you're outside of your primary office space. So let's say just to put an example, you're going to go to the coffee shop for two hours and get outside of your outside of your office space. You really got to be prepared to do that. So what files are you going to need? Are you going to need, you know, the extension cords for your laptop? Is your phone charged up? Is there, what other tools do you need to have a productive uh, time? And I know Tim, you, you spend a lot of time at a couple of our local coffee shops here. So what are some of the things that you do when you're planning to make sure that you're, that you, you're not forgetting anything? Well, normally if I'm going to be working away from my space in my house where I have my office, I'm going to go to a coffee shop. I do try to think ahead of time, where am I going and what am I going to do and what will I need? So if I know I go to one coffee shop, I know I can always get plugged in somewhere. If I need to plug in, I need to make sure I have my cord. Uh, I'm going there. I'm going to do a specific job. So I went there this earlier this week. We're planning a conference. I needed to do um, I needed to do some work on the conference we're doing for our staff. So I made sure I had this conference schedule with me. I knew what it was on my laptop. I, I just I planned and knew what I needed. The worst thing is to show up and go, oh, I don't have this. I don't have access to that. I don't have a cord. My laptop didn't have enough power, <laughs> you know, so I'm so I try to think about that. My my worst thing, too, and and we are all in different places. But uh, at this time right now, I'm, I spend a lot of time on planes going from place to place. And I oftentimes think about, OK, when I'm on the plane, I'm, I'm away from everybody. I'm going to get something done. But if I don't have my tools and things right there where I can grab them easily, I usually go, oh, it's too much hassle. I'm not going to do it. And then I waste that time planning ahead, thinking about what is I'm actually going to do and what do I need to accomplish that? And do I have it there with me is really important for me. Yeah. The, you're talking about your cords. One of the things that I do whenever I leave the office and my uh, I use a, a it's not an old style briefcase, but it's a, it's a bag with a shoulder strap. That's where I have my laptop in and, and all of my other stuff, my files and that anytime I'm going to work outside of the office, I have an extension cord in my bag. There are so many times where 
you know, we have Panera as a, as a coffee shop that's here that, that there's a lot of people in our area that will work there or small groups will meet there. And some of the tables have a plugins close to them and some of them don't. And when I go in, sometimes I'm looking because I know, okay, that table's got access to an extension cord. That table does, that one doesn't. So I'm, I'm looking for a table to sit at that's got uh, access to a plugin. But with my handy dandy extension cord, that gives me at least two more tables that I can look at because uh, I can get out from that power cord a little bit. So uh, don't forget your extension cord. When you go out somewhere and you're working, do you think that you are that you plan too much work while you're there and cram in too much? Or do you try to back off that a little bit and give yourself a little bit more white space, so to speak? That's that a little bit more time to, to think and contemplate. Um, what, what's your, what's that like for you? You know, I think it varies. It, it, it depends on why am I, why am I going to this space? And as you said, we have several coffee shops in our town and I know that some coffee spaces are better for things than others are. So if I really want some of that quiet time and want to dive into something, I know the coffee shop I'm going to go to and I know the space I could do that. If I want to just kind of hang out, drink coffee and have, you know, let everything happen around me, I'll go to another, I'll go to another place. So I I really, I really do try to think about what is the purpose for me leaving and going to that space. Um, and I try to choose accordingly. I would say that it's if I don't do that, I end up really not accomplishing a lot other than scrolling and and doing things that I'm like, oh, man, I, I really just kind of wasted the time. And sometimes, believe it or not, I need to waste some time. I need to be able to just take a breath and drink some good coffee. But if I really am going to be productive, I need to think ahead of time and and plan that before I step in. Because we are in an area where we've spent a lot of time, we have connections it's oftentimes not out of the realm of possibility. We're going to run into somebody who wants to chat. That's really hard when you're like, I got to get away and I got to do something. And, and I know you, you think about where am I going to go where I can actually do work as well. Right. Yeah, for sure. And, and not we do. And again, it's a balance like so many things are because when you're working remotely, it is, it's very easy to get isolated and it's very easy to to not. Ha- I mean, yes, we're on Zoom calls and yes, we're on phone calls, but that's you're still isolated. And so you do. It is good to get out and get some of that human interaction uh, in a in a public space with people that you know. That that is good. The other side of the equation is you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes later, you're still talking, and then that person leaves, and five minutes later, another person comes up. Now there's ten minutes, and now I know back in the day when we all went to the office, that, that happened a lot. I mean, there was a lot of time that was waste, not wasted per se, but a lot of time that slipped through the cracks by having those conversations with people. And so a little bit of that is good, but you also have to get done what you wanted to get done for the whole purpose of going there in the first place. All right. Number two is money is not your only currency. And you know, let's face it. We all, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably working for a small to medium nonprofit. And, you know, even in, even in big nonprofits, it doesn't make any difference what the size is. There's always an, a budget issue 
you know, there, there's limited resources. We all are working under the constraints of budget. So how we spend money is important. And what this point is, is we want you to think about, again, going back to productivity, going back to value and the total output of money spent is not necessarily the only thing you should consider. So what does that mean? When I travel, uh, we have my organization, we have a, a national donor base. So our donors are literally east to west, north to south. They're spread out all over. And when I travel, I am staying in hotels. And so the hotels that I stay in are never the cheapest option because I need an environment that is, that's safe. That's in a, in a safe part of, of wherever I'm staying. It has a decent breakfast because I'm a breakfast guy. I love breakfast. So if I can get a free breakfast, that that's a good thing, but then also has a desk in the room and a nice chair that I can sit in so that I can knock out two hours, two and a half hours of work while I'm in that room. So if I have to spend $30 more and for a night, but I'm in a safe place that's got a decent breakfast, that's got a good desk that I can work at, that I can be productive, I have produced way more, way more than that 30 extra dollars to stay in that little bit of upgraded hotel. So Tim, I, you're traveling all the time. What, what do you think on that? Well, when you talk about money is not your only currency, I know one of my currencies is time. For example, um, you know, as opposed to when I travel on a plane, the cost of the flight is not my my first my first criteria. It's how much time am I going to spend getting from here to there? What does that look like? And, um, and again, I think we had talked about this offline. I think we both, because we do travel, we focus on pretty much one airline so that we can get some of the benefits, which sometimes means getting into lounges, getting into different spaces on the plane that gives you more room to do things. And again, I'm not saying we, we don't think about money, but it's not the first, it's not the first uh, criteria. It's thinking about how can I be productive? How can I, you know, how much time am I going to be away? All those, all those kind of things. And trying not to have a scarcity mindset. We're also not saying just go blow, blow your money. Um, I had a situation recently, and I really am big about transparency and being open. So I had a long layover somewhere, and I just I told my boss, I said. I'm going to be in this airport for several hours and I have these projects that I'm trying to work on. And I want you to know, unless you tell me I can't, I'm actually going to pay to be in a lounge because I know I have a desk. I know I have a place to plug in. I know I have water, coffee, and I can get things done. I could be so productive and I think it's worth the money. And, and I did that. Now that's, that's my own situation because for me, um productivity was one of the one of the criteria for me it wasn't so much cost and so anyway it's just it's it's changing a little bit of how you look at everything i feel like we have a scarcity mindset in in nonprofit work 
And I'm not saying blow the budget, but I'm saying what what is the most important currency when I look at this situation? Another area where that comes up is the, the am I am I going to drive or am I going to fly? And in the past, pre-COVID, I kind of had 400 miles was kind of my uh, my point. So if if the if the if the mileage where I was going, if the first digit was a four, I'd fly. If it was a three, I would drive. And and the reason for that is we Tim and I live in a in a area we don't we're not by a major airport, so we we have a commuter airport. So we know no matter what, we're gonna have to connect. That's just part of it. So by the time you get up, you get up and you go to the airport and then you fly the commuter flight to the to the big hub and then you're there and you have the layover there and then you go to the next place and either that's where you're going or you have to do another. I mean, it, you could to, to, to fly 300 miles. You still could have a seven, eight hour day of travel to get there. Well, if it's 350 miles, I can drive that in less than eight hours. And that used to actually be cheaper because gas was, you know, $2 25 cents a gallon. Well, we know that's not the case now. So maybe that maybe there's some consideration there. Now, the other the caveat to that is, yes, uh, it might be cheaper to drive that and it might even be quicker, but I'm now behind the wheel for seven hours. So what could I have done productivity wise if I had actually flown and spent the day, you know, I could work in the airport. I could, you know, I could work along the way. So again, it, it's, we're, we're not telling you to blow the budget. We're not telling, all we want you to think of is that maybe the actual total cost is not the first criteria that you should be using. It is a criteria, but not the first criteria. And that mindset goes beyond remote work. So in everything, thinking about what is, what is the main currency that I'm working on right now? But I feel like for, for us, as we talk about this, that mindset is often in the forefront when you are a remote worker. And so the question we're bringing back to you, maybe take this away from this podcast, is what is your currency? What currency do you use when you're making decisions about, particularly about remote kinds of work? Hopefully that will be helpful to, to give that a thought. Yeah. One of the things that we're, that I'm, working on right now is I am not the most detailed person in the world. <laughs> I get it. I get a D minus for details. And so I need a system for my receipts because if I don't have a simple, easy system for me to use, getting my receipts turned in on time is a real issue. Now, some listeners might be saying, oh my gosh, that is such a dumb thing. It's, that is so simple to do. Well, for some people it is, but for me, it's not. And so we've, we've used a very popular uh, online receding system where you just take the picture and, and send it on its way, but it is getting really expensive. And there's now three of us, four of us that are starting to use it. And that that's adding up. It, it's, it's becoming a, a cost that's a little of significance. So we're looking for a different provider and see if we can't cut our costs a little bit. But we are still going to use that system because it is the, the most easiest, efficient way for us to get receipts to our accounting office so that they can process them easily and quickly. 
So we're still going to spend the money. It's not that we're going to stop doing it. We're just trying to find a little bit more cost-effective way to do it. Number three is update your technology. And if you are, I, I, I can remember when I started my career, I worked for a, a local organization. All of my donors were local. And so I had an office uh, in the nonprofit. I had a, a, a nice, you know, the old steel case desk and I had my computer. Uh, so it was, it was new enough, Tim, that I did, I did have a computer. So uh, it, it was like a 386 or something, but it was, it was a computer and everything I needed was right there. And so I didn't have to worry about going out anywhere. It just, it was just all right there. And, but now as we're working mobile and, you know, as I sit here looking at my desk, I, I am a Mac guy. So I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking at you, Tim, on my MacBook, and I got my iPhone there and I got my iPad and I am not an early adopter as, as such. I, you know, I don't stand in line at the Apple store waiting for the next uh, thing to come out, but every year I am taking either organizational budget or I buy it myself, one or the other, and I am upgrading my tools because it is, it is, it's my job. It's my career. It's what I do. And so having updated, upgraded tools, just like anybody else, just like, you know, a mechanic is going to spend money on having the best tools. And my guess is they're, they're not going to the dollar store buying screwdrivers at the, at the dollar store. They're, they're probably buying them, you know, high end tools. And now I'm not saying that you need to go out and I don't know what, Tim, what, what's a new uh, MacBook Pro. I mean, those things could be three, $4,000 or more. I'm sure. I don't even know. I don't buy those, but every year I'm upgrading. And so you've, you really need to be thinking about keeping current on your technology. I think it's finding, finding the right tools to let you do the work that you do. What's, what's the best tools for you? And sometimes that can be a hard sell as you talk to your board and you talk to budgets. It's like, hey, just use a secondhand computer, you know, that's been refurbished like, you know, 50 times. And I'm not, not saying you shouldn't do that, but you need to find out what, what works for you. You need to have the right equipment and the right, the right tools, whether that's hardware, that's, you know, the, the programs, the apps that will help you do what you need to do. And I'll say there's no perfect app. There's no perfect program. Find one that allows you to do what you do and do it well and and go for it. It's important to have the right technology. We live in a world where we we need to have technology to do a lot of the, the a lot of the work, whether the communication, the tracking, the presentation. Uh, you know, for me, a game changer was uh, was when I when I got my iPad because there's so much I can do, use it on my calendaring, my communication, uh, keeping my notes in it. I can use it to present things to people. It for me it was a game changer, and it was it was, you know, my my son uh, talked me into going up just a little bit further than I was thinking. I was gonna I'll do whatever, and he pushed me. He goes, I think taking that next step will really be helpful for you. And it has been, it's been a game changer for me. Not saying you need to run out and get an iPad, but figure out what is it you do and what tools will help you do it. Uh, Our organization and Tim, yours too, we're we're both international and 
recently, well, not recently, for last several years, our main communication tool with our, our staff in Haiti is WhatsApp. You know, that is our, th- that that's what we use because from an international standpoint, that is, I don't know if it's the number one, you know, phone and texting tool. I, I think it probably is, but at least in, in the part of the world that we work in, it is. And so, you know, I had to alert when I started here uh, at Friends of the Children of Haiti, I had to you know, learn this new piece of technology and, you know, get it on my laptop. So I had it there and, but it is, it, it has worked extremely well. And we have, it is, it's become so ingrained into our organization that from a, a from a staff perspective here in the U S it's like, you almost have to have it or else you can't, you can't work because you can't communicate with our Haitian staff. So it, it's, there are little things that will make life easier for you. Uh, and you know, Tim, you and I over, over the last several years, every once in a while we will, you know, what are you using for this? And, and what are you using for this? And I know for a while you were using, uh, I was using OneNote, and you were using Evernote and, you know, each had its, its, its pieces that were better than the other. And then we changed and now we're, so we're, we're, it's not that you have to be schizophrenic and go out and change every day and, and run after whatever the next shiny object is, but explore a little bit and, and use a tool and try it and see if it works for you. And there's, there's so many out there. I can't even, I can't even list them all. We'd be here all day, but just, you know, try things. And if it works, you know, keep using it and adapt it to what you need. And if you get into it and it's like, oh my gosh, this is awful. Then get rid of it and, and, and find something else. And so, you know, you just, you, you have to be proactive, I think. And that, I think maybe that's our point here is to, to be proactive, whether it's in hardware or in software or in apps, proactively look for things that makes your life a little easier, a little better, a little more efficient. All right. Number four. And our last point today is if you are working from home, you have got to figure out a dedicated space to to put your, to set up your office at. And, you know, I mentioned earlier that I've been, I've been working remote for, what did I say? 16 years or something long time. And my kids are, are grown now. But when, when I first started working from home, they were little, they were, they were grade schoolers. And the great, the great part of working at home when your kids were younger at school aged is when they got off the school bus, I was there. They, unless I was, you know, out of the country somewhere, but when I was home here in the U S I was, I was home and it was great to be there as they came in the door. It was also awful when they came in the door, because that was pretty much the end of my workday. I mean, chaos ensued as soon as they came through that door. And I was, I was talking to my kids the other day and, and our youngest who's now in his twenties, um, made the comment dad, your, your office has been, you know, almost every room in the house. And and that's probably true. I have moved, you know, from the dining room to the three season porch, but the three season porch worked really well until January in the Midwest. And then it didn't work so well. Uh, I've been in the basement. I've been in upstairs bedrooms. I've been, I've been all over the house, but it, it it's for your setup. You really do not need to find a place so that you can have, you know, when I'm here, I'm working when I'm not here, I'm, I'm not working. And cause it is one of the problems you're going to run to run into working from home is you're working all the time. 
it's easy to fall into that trap. So I know Tim, you had a kind of a similar experience from where you first started out to where you are now. Uh, when I first started, I had a small little corner in our living room. There was a little desk and the, the good part about it was it was dedicated to my work, but it was in a space where there was a lot of other people around and it was, it was challenging, but, but I think the key was it was a dedicated space. And so when I was there, I knew what I needed to do. That was for my work, for my organization. My son, anyway, has moved on, and I took over his uh, his bedroom and have made it my office, and I absolutely love it. It's actually one of my favorite places to work. But I will say, I when I'm at my desk, I'm dedicated to my work. I have a chair in one of the corners, and when I go to that chair, I'm reading or I'm doing some other things. And I think just being able to have that dedicated space. Again, I think COVID brought some of that out as we spent, more of us spent time at, at work. And, and now people are talking about when they build homes, there's they're more often putting offices in their, in their homes because so many more people are working remotely. But having a dedicated space allows you to provide some separation on the kinds of things that you do. Yeah. And it also, if, if you do have younger kids uh, at home, it is... A- not every, not, not everybody can have a bedroom or, you know, a separate room with a door that they can isolate themselves from the rest of the house. It's not, everybody can't, doesn't have that, but it, so if you don't, if you have little kids, it, it is, if you have that dedicated space so that your kids can start to learn, Hey, when, when mom or dad are, are in there, in that part of the room, they're working, you know, it, doesn't mean they're still not going to interrupt you and, and try to get your attention because kids are kids and that's what kids do. But you can, you can start to, to kind of separate that space and time maybe. So have a, have a dedicated space. It'll just make things a little bit easier for you and, and the rest of the folks that are in your, in your living in your home. Well, I think that was it. Uh, plan your work. Uh, make sure that when you're working outside uh, of your defined office space that you've got everything you need. You've got the files you need. You've got your cords. You've got, if you have any online resources, you know where they are. Just you know, plan your work. Know what you're going to do. Uh, maybe adjust your location based on how social you want to be for the, t- for the time that you're there. Uh, number two, money is not your only currency. Uh, sometimes spending just a little bit more uh, will help you to be much more productive. Um, you know, we're not we're not saying stay at the Ritz Carlton, uh, but maybe you don't have to stay at Motel Six either. Uh, there's a little bit of balance there. Uh, three, update your technology uh, and get the right tools. So that could be you know your laptop or your your notebook or your uh, phone but it can also be apps and other online tools that can help you be more efficient and be more effective and then dedicated space H- have a place if you're working from home have a place that that is your office space your desk space and and try to to work uh, from that point and then you know use the rest of your house to be with your family and and when you're not working well, thanks for sharing, Nathan. That's it's been good just to rethink about what it what it's like to lead and work remotely in a nonprofit organization. And maybe you all have different ideas and thoughts or experiences, and we'd love to hear from you as well. So thanks for listening today. We appreciate you showing up. If you're benefiting from what's being shared on the podcast, can we ask you to take some time and share a review on the platform? 
that's really helpful for other people to, to know that we're out there and that it's it's beneficial taking the time to listen. And so if you can share a review, that would be wonderful. If you'd like to get in touch with us, our contact information can be found in the show notes. And that's all for today. Until next time.